0: Sports has a special place in my heart, as I'm sure it does for most of the people listening to this. Not only do I love the competitiveness, the adrenaline, and the passion that comes out of sports, but I also love how sports can be a way of outreach for finding friends and maybe even a family and the good that comes from playing with people that you may never meet otherwise. Today, we're talking about how we as Christian athletes can use the sports that we play as a way of reaching out to people and using sports to relate with people within our community. Sports ministry enthusiast and professional speaker, Dwayne Egger, joins the show to talk about this intriguing yet important topic, what he's learned about friendship through playing sports, and how to be inviting and inclusive with all who play sports, no matter their background, their religion... No matter if they share the same beliefs as you or even play the same sports as you I loved hearing from Dwayne today on his experiences as an athlete and as someone that uses sports to reach others And I know you will too Make sure to listen out today for a really cool and important story that Dwayne gives As an example of how athletics can transcend anything in this world But without further ado, let's get into it today Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host Ken Burke, and today we get to talk to Dwayne Egger. Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on the show today, my friend. How are you doing?
1: Real good, Ken. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I listened
0: to a bunch of your podcasts, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited too. And as we kick it off today, I would love if you just give some background about your experiences as a Christian and in sports.
1: Yeah, thanks. So uh, as a Christian as in sports, so you know, I think when you look back at your life. Sometimes I look back and I think that my life in many ways does, was defined by sports. And that's sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. I played sports my entire life from a very young age. Uh, it was mostly baseball uh, all through I played, you know, some football and you know, played pretty much everything else. But those were the two big ones. Uh, and just everything I have remember about my youth is, is, is sports and having my dad with me and you know, my dad coached a, a lot of my baseball teams. You know, until I got into more advanced, uh, you know, levels. Uh, so that's a great memory thinking about about that. Um, I went on. I was going to hopefully play at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, but uh, injury at, at day one uh, eliminated that aspiration. Uh, <laughs> won't go too deep into that. But So if, if you imagine you play your whole life, you're playing sports. And then, you know, I went to, went to school. I came, got out of school. I got a job here in Pittsburgh where I live now. And then I had kids. And then my kids picked up that same love, right? They, uh, you know, they they started playing baseball, softball, uh, volleyball, basketball, soccer, you name it. And that was a big part of our, of our lives and, and kind of was for a long time. And in fact, both of them now, my daughter's a uh, athletic trainer and my son's in grad school to become an athletic trainer. So pretty much sports has been a part of everything we've done. But, you know, the thing is, where's the focus it's when i look back at that my christian walk wasn't always the most important thing and and it was the sport so that's what i said at the beginning sometimes you know having it life defined by sports isn't always a good thing but we do learn a lot right how do we deal with adversity right you're going to play sports you're going to deal with adversity right you're playing baseball you bet you bet or let's say you you get a hit three times out of 10 or fail seven times out of 10 and you make the hall of fame Right, so you have to you have to deal with adversity, and whether you like it or not, you're playing shortstop, and and uh, ground ball hits you with the game on the line. Uh, you better you better make the play, but if you don't, it's not because you didn't want to. Adversity happens, and how do you deal with that? Right in real life, I talk to my kids a lot. Right, we can't control all those things around us. We can control what we do what we do with them. So that's that's a big part, I think, of of me, you know, growing up. Uh, learning what it is to, to be a man. And a lot of that came with sports. You learn about um, participation, preparation, right? Just like anything in life, you have to prepare for things. And I think one of the things we'll really get into today, Ken, is uh, that I really think when you get down to it, sports creates a commonality. It creates a kinship with complete strangers. And, you know, I think that that is what really creates opportunity for us here.
0: Yeah. And I want to go back to to when you did play sports and you mentioned a little bit that, you know, you had to stop playing, obviously, kind of abruptly. What was the hardest thing about sports inning for you in terms of uh, being a young athlete? And that was probably a big part of your identity.
1: Yeah, you know, I, thinking about that, it's weird, right? You don't think about that that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you think you're going to do that forever. Um, and until it's really gone, you don't realize it's gone, yeah. which I think is, is really weird. Um, so it's, kind of use this word weird, but you know, it's like, it's like all of a sudden you're punched and, and it's gone. All that training, all that time, all that practice, all your friends and all that time you spend with them, right? You're doing life with those people. And you know, I'm a little older now. So when I was playing in sports, you could play baseball, but you only, you only did it six months out of the year. Nowadays, you know, the kids are doing it every month, you know, every day of the year. And that, that time you spend just ends. And then you know, there's something else, and that is with sports comes a, kind of another side of things that maybe people don't think about losing, but you don't get in life very often, and that's, that's you know, applause, right? You, you, you make a big play, and people are cheering. You know, you, you get tackled by your teammates when you, you score the—you drive in the winning run. Uh, praise and adulation of all those things. Those aren't things we need to seek, but they are things that are reality, uh, and when you lose those— those don't come very often right I'm not coming out of a meeting at work and, and getting high fived and, and tackled in a hallway because I had a great conference call right those things just end um, so that's a, it's a it's a good question and I, in a way I've endured that twice uh, in a different way so my kids I mentioned my kids uh, you know my, my daughter's a, a, a professional now my son's in grad school he's got one more year well they played sports all along and while they were in sports I was the kind of dad that you know coached everything I possibly could um, whether I knew the sport or not and when you're not coaching you're at every game every practice you're you're rooting them on and you develop friendships and my kids develop friendship and then so I had to go through this again when when their playing days ended that was again really weird because I went from sports day in day out weekend weekend travel right and then boom it's just gone Uh, And it's hard. It's hard to prepare for that.
0: Yeah, it comes up every single time I do a podcast like that is ingrained in your identity, no matter what age you are, no matter if you're playing or you're coaching like it's it's a it's a part of you. And when that's abruptly taken from you, that can be really hard, uh, especially as a Christian athlete. Dwayne, you shared, before we get into our topic today, you shared a story with me that connected sports and friendship and faith, of course, that really stuck out to me. Can you just explain the story about Jack Twyman and Maurice Stokes? Oh, yeah, man. This is a,
1: this is a great story. Um, I mentioned that I went to University of Cincinnati, so that's where I first heard about this story, uh, and, and now I'm from Pittsburgh, uh, and this story actually has its roots in Pittsburgh, which for me like really hits home. But it's this really cool story so there's there's this guy named jack twyman uh who was a basketball player he played for a high school here in pittsburgh called central catholic right it's it's like obviously it's a catholic high school they've been a perennial powerhouse And this story has so much more into it you mentioned friendship at the beginning you have perseverance here's a guy that was tried to make the high school basketball team but he was cut from the team three times Mm -hmm. right you only get four years (laughs) so he finally made his team his senior year uh, and ended up, I guess out of nowhere, earning All-State honors. So from there, he went on to the University of Cincinnati. If you're if you, if you you're a Bearcat fan, you've heard the guy. He, I, I, I didn't look this up, but I, I believe he has his number retired. But he averaged over 24, 24 points game as a senior. He ended up being All-American. He then goes on to play 11 seasons in the NBA with the Royals, uh, which is now the Sacramento Kings. In his career, he scored... Almost 16,000 points, and there his number was retired. So he was a he was a pure shooting forward, uh, considered to be one of the best he was. And here he was, a guy coming out of out of Pittsburgh, had everything going for him. Inducted in the Basketball Hall, Hall of Fame later in life, but all those things, all those stats, was not why he was remembered. So now let's back up. At the same time, Maurice Stokes. Maurice Stokes was a Pittsburgh kid, but he was from the town of Rankin. He went to Westinghouse High School ended up going to St. Francis College and eventually went to the NBA. So that's where, that's where uh, Jack and Maurice met up. So they're playing, uh, you know, here for the, for the Royals. And then in March of 1958, um, Stokes, he was driving to the basket, uh, hit the floor on his head. He actually traveled home with the team. He ended up uh, lapsing into a coma, uh, you know, a little bit of time later. He ended up uh, with post-traumatic brain damage and became virtually immobile and bedridden for the rest of his life. So, And this is back in a day before you had, you know, the, the player protections and things that, that we have now. Right now, he'd have people taking care of him. Well, he didn't then. So his family couldn't pay his medical bills. So what happened? This is where the story gets really amazing is that Jack Twyman, you know, the other guy from, from Pittsburgh, stepped in. He had himself appointed as his legal guardian and began, began raising money uh, for his expenses so that he could su- succeed. He ended up teaching him how to communicate because Stokes and with it, was basically catatonic uh, and taught him to communicate by blinking his eyes. And eventually, as some of his motor function returned, he started to be able to type so he could communicate. Do you know what the first message he was uh, that he that he, he he typed in after he was able to communicate? It was, dear Jack, how can I ever thank you? So it's just the, the difference that Jack made in this guy's life. He ended up being his legal guardian uh, for the rest of his life. Um, I, I did write pull up a quote I wanted to read to you. It came out of the New York Times a couple years ago. I'm sure you could find it. But it said, one day... Jack was asked why he decided to make such a remarkable commitment to Maurice, and again he shrugged his shoulders and said, "Maurice needed someone. I became that someone." And that phrase, "Become that someone," all these years later, has, is part of Saint Francis University's motto. So, uh, just so that—how about that for a message? Become that someone. Nobody made Jack do this. This was also a, a, a cross-racial relationship, right? In, in a day where this was tough. Um, and Jack did it, and he became that someone. Now, if you may have heard it, in in 2013, the NBA began awarding a Twyman Stokes teammate award. It's a nice trophy. Um, you can look it up. It's for selfless play, commitment, and dedication to the team. And at the end of the each NBA season, they get it. They give it to you know the, the person that that best exemplifies that that model. So, a really awesome story. It's it's kind of I've read a lot about it, dug into it, uh, and it's. Uh, really given me a really nice example to live by.
0: Yeah. That, that is such a great example to live by and not even just in athletics. Like you could, that's a good life model and yeah, there's so much to hit on there. And I think one thing that really stuck out to me was, you know, it was a, like you said, it was a biracial friendship in a day where it was probably looked down upon. It was really looked down upon in a time that Gosh, friendship just prevailed. That's it's just so crazy to see how, especially in athletics, how athletics can do that.
1: Yeah, you know, on that point, I think about you know how many people. I don't know this, right? But just when I think about this story, how many people said to him, "What do what are you doing?" Yeah, you know, you're you're spending your money, you're spending your time on this guy. What's the value there? Well, we we know what the value is, right? Giving of yourself, Mm -hmm. giving away. That's what sacrifice is. He gave his time, he gave his money, he gave his energy for somebody else and nobody made him do it, right? There's the mark of a man right there.
0: That leads me right into my next point or right into our topic today is how can sports be a way of outreach and finding friends and I think like you said, um just having that finding that commonality between uh, your teammates or maybe even your competitors. And of course as Christians in sports, we should really try to show others that Christ lives within us. Um, but I think I, I would like to f- focus today on how to do that practically. Uh, and I think that you have some good experiences with that. You know, I think it's, whether it's pickup basketball, professional sports, uh, people, they can be impacted by others, uh, in some capacity. How can we maintain a Christian friendship mindset in the sports that we watch and that we play?
1: Well, that's a, that's a great question because sometimes, uh, you know, sports brings out the worst in us. Mm-hmm right uh i can i can remember you know i okay my I hope my mom's not listening to this but you know i've been thrown out of, of games before right because i'm so mad right you know somebody says something to me and i react or you know the the official uh has said something and i've gotten a lot better over the years and it, and i don't do that as much anymore and i still play several sports believe <laughs> it or not so but yeah so sports can bring out bring out the worst of us so how do we respond right how do we realize that this moment is so important, right, to me. It's the most important thing in the world. But at the end of the day, what, what is important? And I had a, a, a guy I heard speak. Uh, his name was Bob Russell from Southeast. Uh, I might get his church wrong, Southeast Christian Church in Kentucky. Hey, he, I heard him speak one time. This is probably 30 years ago. And he said, keep the main thing the main thing. And what's the main thing? So the Bible tells us what the main thing is. Um, and in, in Paul, when he was talking uh, to, the, ch- to the, the church in Corinth, he said, this is in um, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, um, said that, uh, or maybe 15, I, I should get the verse for you. <laughs> but he says, if you look up First Importance on Google, you'll see it. He says, for what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried... That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to cephas and to the twelve so the point here is what's the main thing the main thing we throw everything out right it's that christ died that he was buried and then he was raised just as it was promised so if if what does that mean to keep the main thing the main thing how do i keep that in the forefront of what i'm doing when i am I'll lighten up, somebody! I'm super mad at them, and maybe ready to throw down with them because I'm angry. What? What is my purpose? Am I keeping the main thing the main thing? And it's likely not. So that's that's the focus that I try to change in my life. That when I play any sporting events, my purpose is not to win. Yes, I want to win. You know, if there's if you can win it, I want to I want to win it, right? so there, there's no doubt i've no I, I want to win i'm extremely competitive you know if i'm playing sorry with my kids you know when they were little i'm still gonna beat them <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna learn how to lose you know but but when so i'm when i'm at a sporting event with somebody and i'm playing with them i try to remember that god loves them just as he loves me and god wants him to be saved uh, and what i do now might have an impact negative or positively on that on that person's salvation I treat them really bad, and and later on they hear that I'm a Christian, what chance do you think they'll have uh, to to really focus in and understand what faith really is? I'm going to set a really bad example. I could lose the only chance we'll ever have.
0: Yeah, what inspires you to get involved in ministry, both I mean, both in and out of sports, I should say. I guess it comes from seeing that it actually does pay off. Mm.
1: Right? It's hard. It's hard to get into ministry, it's hard to um, reach out to people because you're afraid, or at least I'm, I was afraid of rejection, right? You're timid, you know, you don't want to offend somebody, uh, you know, you want them to like you. But as I you know, would would work with people and read, realize that you, you might have some success, and success breeds success, and that breeds confidence. Um, and understanding that I'm making a difference, um, and you know, I'm pretty insignificant right i'm just a guy from pittsburgh i didn't play any professional sports although uh, in my mind i did Um, but i'm just a guy but it turns out that i can make a difference in people's lives so i think you know anybody listening to this you think you know who's this guy no different than you right all of us can make a difference and sports is a really easy way to do that because that common playing field that that sense of commonality that I mentioned, right? You're there for the same purpose. And that gives you
0: um, a, a starting point where you can talk to somebody. Dwayne, how do you do this practic- practically? Because obviously we gave some background on your, on, well, we gave some info on your background, but how do you do this day in and day out in sports? So obviously you, know, we got, you got to love sports uh, and that helps. I'm, I'm 54 now and I still play basketball twice
1: a week. Well, not always. Uh, my body doesn't always let me. <laughs> I still, I play on two different softball teams. Uh, and I think my friends are trying to push me to move to pickleball. I'm not ready to quite go there yet, but so I have all that passion, but why not use that passion for something that lasts, right? I look back in a game I can think of, I can think of specific games that I played and I can remember some of the big moments, right? But what about all those thousands of little moments that I don't remember? I, I can remember the big games and the big plays, but not those individual moments. But what I do remember is the relationships and life-changing events. We used to play pickup football. After I got out of college and, and was married, we played flag football. Um, it was pretty intense, right? You think it's pickup football, but we played every year, every Saturday morning for over ten years, and. It started with a you know some of the, just some of the guys from from our church, and we started inviting friends. That's a pretty easy way to invite somebody. Hey, come play football with us. Well, you, we're, I, I just remember doing that. We're playing for several years, and then uh, one of the guys that I had worked with all of a sudden started showing up with church. Now, why did he why did he start coming to church? Because he got to know those guys, and he wanted to play on a church softball team, which we were really good. We won year after year, and one of the league rules was you had to come to church once a month. Um, so guess what? All right, i you know, I know all these guys now. I can come to church. He comes to church. And next thing I know, uh, with and it wasn't even me, it was other people at the at the church. Next thing I know, he's given his life to Christ and now and then down the road is has become a teacher and leading people. Uh, and when you sum it all up, that's what it's all about. And it, guess what? It wasn't just me. I invited him to football. That's all I did. I invited him to football, we played football, we had a lot of fun, and we played softball, and it was other people that 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 kind of took the reins and brought him to Christ. Uh, so we all have a part to play there.
0: I you never know what seeds you can plant that God will use to just make something you could have never seen in the future. It, it's it's so crazy to see that throughout years of just praying and loving on somebody that you never thought would get to that point. But how can sports be used to reach out to others, even, even when they don't share the same religion? Even when they don't share the same cultural values, ethnicity, whatever it may be.
1: That's the thing. You, people that don't different than us. They don't share the same religion. Maybe they're a, a different race. You know, whatever the things are, maybe it's language. But in sports, you can still be on the same playing field, be in contact with them, and people. This is, this is where the opportunity comes in. These are people that you would maybe never have come in contact with before, right? But you now have something in common. It doesn't matter how good you are, how good they are. But, but what you have is you have shared goals, right? You both want to win. You both want to excel. You have shared targets, right? How you want to get there, what you're going to do to try to get there. But the key is this, this creates opportunity that we can't overlook. How else can I reach some of these people that I can't come out, come in contact with any other way in life? That's where sports can be really, really utilized to reach people.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. And I, I think sometimes, it, like, like you said, it can be really intimidating to do this, to do, to reach out, get out of your comfort zone. For for people out there that's, that are listening to this, what can they do? about inviting others? What can they practically do to just ask a question, ask, or just say something about, you know, maybe come to church or just come play in this FCA league, even though they might not share the same beliefs.
1: Right. So I guess the the best thing there is, first of all, that's not, that's not a day one statement, right? You're not going to, you know, mean up day one and, 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 you know, bring out your Bible and and start talking to them. You got to build A relationship you have to build first but first before you can even build that you have to build on that commonality what do we have in common you know he doesn't know me he doesn't trust me Um, he's not going to uh, invest in me yet so first you have to just build on that commonality be there be be yourself let them see who you really are right control your actions control how you respond to negative things and let them see that and over time that that trust will develop, and you 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 know there's a general respect on a on a sports field. I think that that players have for each other doesn't mean you like them all the time, but you have a respect for the other player, and you have respect for the skill and the time uh, that they've put into their, to, to honing their craft. And then as you build that relationship with them, that's when you can really um, get into that. Maybe maybe it's something like uh, it starts easy, like hey, we're gonna our team's just gonna go out, you know, to Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, you know, get some wings after our team does that a lot, right? And get some get some wings after the game, and then we'll bring up some other people along with us. You know, some very simple, kind of low, low stress, right? No, no commitment type things. And then as you get to know them, uh, they now know a little bit who you are. You can you can mess you can bring that in there. Hey, you know, what are the things that are easy? Maybe hey, there's you know you play a pretty pretty amazing, you know, left field. Uh, we got a spot on our on our softball team. You know, come meet some of the guys. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna play basketball. We play pe- we play pickup basketball here in the community, uh, at my church uh, every Tuesday night and Saturday morning. Right, really easy to invite somebody to softball or to basketball. You think it's hard to invite them to church? It's not hard to invite somebody to play play baseball or play basketball or go go play uh, um, flag football or or you know even pickleball. Right. But get get build that relationship and then you'll those opportunities. The other thing is in there is pray for those opportunities. I'm telling you if you pray and you ask God and you name these people by name uh, and you're looking for opportunities, I have a pretty good feeling he's gonna show you those opportunities uh, and they're gonna just open up for you.
0: Yeah, one person that really jumped out to me when I thought about this was my youth pastor growing up because he was so pivotal in our community in sports, in our church community with sports. He would, you know, invite people that never came to church. They just, he invited them to come play flag football after church. Uh, and that got them to come to church. And then after they would stay after, Um, and that would just, you know, it would, it would bring in conversations and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was never wise enough or comfortable enough to reach out because I was just very early on in my faith, but I saw him do that really well, and after reflecting now, I'm like, wow, like, he did a really good job at this, of this specific topic of what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of the secret sauce, right? You're not going to meet somebody and, and bring them, hey, we're going to have a deep theological study, study on Thursday night at my house, right? That's not going to work, right? Meet them where they are. And find that commonality and then, and, and, and enjoy it. Right. The other thing too, is if you find commonality, you're also going to enjoy it. So then your passion will come out. Right. And it's much more natural.
0: Do you recommend athletes maybe step out of their, their regular sports that they participate in or play to, you know, to reach other people in different countries, different uh, backgrounds and such? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really big one. Um, So I don't
1: know uh, how many people know about the game of cricket, right? Cricket is a super popular game in England. It's super popular Mm -hmm. in India, Pakistan, you know, Australia, lots of places. But it's not popular here. But I don't know. I bet some of the people listening have seen, like I've seen, drive by and you see some people out there playing this game that you don't know what it is, and it's cricket. Well, cricket is crazy popular. I spent some time in in England several years ago for work, and – I really got to know the game a little bit, just because I'm interested in sports. Never thought that learning something like cricket would be of use uh, for, you know, maybe reaching others. We have, uh, here in, in Pittsburgh area, we have a, a very large population of, of different ethnicities moving in. And I, I'm specifically working with a, a team of guys. I am so excited. We've got, we've got a bunch of guys that are from Brazil, and we've got a bunch of guys from India, and I got some guys from Africa, And so where's the commonality? Well, they all love sports, okay? But they all don't love the same sports, right? Some of them love soccer, right? None of them really love baseball. Some of them love cricket. Some, you know, there's different sports. Well, so we had our first, um, probably two weeks ago, we had our first get-together where we played some cricket. And it was a lot of fun because I I had learned a lot of cricket and I studied up on it so that I could have some kind of... uh, awareness of the sport and we were able to take the group from India and see their passion about explaining the game of cricket to it was a a fellow there from Ghana there was a couple fellows there from from Brazil right and how awesome that was to let them share their culture right and and the Brazilian guys and and my buddy from Ghana how excited they were to learn this game that was completely foreign to them now, so then for them, it's not even baseball, right? I played a lot of baseball. So when I got up to bat, you know, I could do a pretty reasonable job hitting the ball. <laughs> not so much for those guys because it's not their sport, yeah. right? They'd run in circles around me in soccer, right? But it was just a lot of fun. And I, so I start thinking about that. What is the opportunity to run something like cricket, right? The, Ameri- the the standard American doesn't know cricket, but we have a lot of folks coming into this country that need to be reached with a gospel, and cricket is a major player in their lives. So this is this is this is brand new, right? This is something we are just started baking. Um, but I think that idea you have of of learning sports that aren't
0: familiar to me helps me reach others where it is familiar to them. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great point. And Dwayne, this has been awesome. I do have one question before I let you go. How can athletes coaches how can they step out of their comfort zone and be inclusive and friendly to anyone that they may meet in sports
1: Yeah well you know what it's funny it just made me think of something there is is I talked you know about partic- uh, um, um, preparation right so we prepare right if we're going to be good in sports preparation you know over and over again we prepare for it. but do we prepare for this You said you want us to be uh, you know inclusive and friendly to anyone they meet in sports and and but maybe we need to prepare for that, right? Think about think about the people we're gonna meet ahead of time. What are we gonna do when we meet them? So first of all, we have to be on the lookout for the opportunity. Opportunities are going to be there. But am I so focused on, on me or what I'm doing that I missed that opportunity? I need to understand that my role, my Christ-given role is more than just a participant. Um, and, and, then, and then we have to get out of our comfort zone. That person over there, um may not look like me it may not act like me but it's still a person has the same basic desires you know we want to be liked we want to be loved we want to belong uh, and then but when you break it all down we're all the same and and i think it comes down to that i need a savior i need salvation and and so do they mm-hmm. i have to realize that we need the exact same thing So that's when you keep the main thing, the main thing. That's where it's all at. We need the exact same thing. And I need to not miss that opportunity to to take advantage of
0: that. Yeah, that's a good word. And somebody needs to put that on a a t-shirt. You're more than just a participant because that is some really great advice for Christian athletes. But Dwayne, I I can't thank you enough for coming on today. Uh, It just means so much that you took the time and I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. A lot of
1: fun. I appreciate all that you
0: do. Uh, Keep up the good work, buddy. Wow, what a fantastic conversation with Dwayne today. I'm so thankful that it came on the podcast. Uh, For all the listeners out there, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It means more to us than you know. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.